Hey, and welcome back to the Pod Pod. It's your boy Dossie talking all things AFL fantasy yet again on this Monday night, November 6th. 2023. It's been a minute. We've got the band back together to talk the juiciest AFL fantasy moves from the trade period. <laughs> patty down, patty down. Uh, and flag some of our favourite early options for AFL fantasy 2024. Got the full pod squad on board for this one. So we've got this off-season reunion of sorts, and I welcome aboard the pod squad, Louis, Stato, Harmy, and Holmesy. Throw on to you first, Lou, because you've been the one championing for this meeting. You already started your 2024 research. You're deep in the weeds, mate. How are you? I am, mate. I've been ready for this podcast since about July 2023, so uh, hopefully <laughs> plenty of research has been done on this one, and uh, no, but I'm, I'm keen to be talking fantasy with you boys, and uh, trade period always sort of perks our ears up a little bit in terms of the relevance for the season to come, and uh, it only builds up from there with the draft, and before you know it, you're, you're deep in the weeds of pre-season, and you're listening back to a podcast like this maybe in January since it's uh, only the beginning of November now. But uh, now it's good to be here and uh, yeah, can't wait. Keen has been. Uh, we've also got a man who's going to be excited to talk about his beloved team on this show, the uh, Mighty Bombers, Harmy, getting the poo-poo platter this uh, off-season. How are you feeling, mate? Pretty excited about the new recruits? Absolutely. Up and about, the Bombers. And, um, no, look, it's just good to see you boys. And unlike Lou, um, I've been looking forward to 2024 since about April or May. So, uh, no, good to get uh, looking into the future a bit with this one. All right. And we, ha- we had to delay uh, the start of the podcast because he is the new superstar of the show, Holmesy. We, we wait for the man, as always, because he is beautiful insights in this fantasy season. Don't know how much research this man's been doing. Yeah, haven't heard too much from Holmesy. A little, a little spattering of a comment here or there in the group chat. So, how are you going, Holmesy? Yeah, not bad, Dossie. Thanks for having me on, mate. Yeah, it's uh, not easy being here in Perth with you guys all ahead in, in the time zones. I've literally just finished work <laughs> straight out the door and copping messages from Louie in the group chat telling me to hurry up. Never seen you so up and about, Louie. It's the best time of year for me, mate, before any expectations put on coaches. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, it is, as Harmy said, it's just uh, really good to catch up with you boys and it's uh, really good to start the start the planning going for 2024. I think we're in for a big one. And a man with no expectations based on recent form, uh, <laughs> Stato, mate, how are you? Great to have you back on deck. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure and uh, thanks to Louis for doing so much work, including uh, putting a magnificent running sheet together only to have it changed 100% by Dossie in the last two minutes, which actually was the reason why we delayed a, the start of the podcast. But I also need to point out that uh, I don't think Essendon have ever lost a trade or a trade period, yet their results... Eh. Mm, Stato, the, the spokesperson for Adrian Dodoro, has joined us on the show. Um, now, Louis, as you, as you just said, you've, you've got us together a beautiful run sheet um, for the show, and it's starting us off with some hot topics. We do love a good hot topic, and um, before we get into all the, the player movements of the offseason and look at a few players that we're keen on for 2024, we want to just look at some of the, the hot topics going on in the offseason. Do you want to take us through a few, Lou? Yeah, so I was scratching my head about what's gone on in the last two months. Uh, so if there's something that I've missed here, feel free to jump in. But 
Um, I think Demmer, being the coach of the Gold Coast, was announced post-season. Uh, He's going to be an interesting one for us as fantasy coaches in 2024. As we know, Richmond at times were fantasy relevant amongst a few players, but overall uh, were pretty a bit of a spread out bunch and nobody really excelled too much in that team. And as we know, he goes over to the Gold Coast. Uh, he's going to be coaching the likes of Tuke Miller, Matty Rao, Noel Anderson, uh, even the very own Sam Flanders. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they can all do because... Um, the, the spread of points from a fantasy perspective in the midfield at Richmond previously has always been uh, a little bit lacklustre and he goes to uh, the Gold Coast where it's kind of been the opposite under Jew. Uh, does anybody see some major changes at the Gold Coast in 2024 here? Just want to say it's Draft Doctor's very own Sam Flanders. Thank you very much. Hmm. The, the very own, yep. Uh, yes, and I just wanted to flag. I think it's just one of those things we're going to have to keep an eye on, particularly in preseason. Um, it's you know you don't usually take too much into consideration in preseason, but definitely roles is one that you do want to keep an eye on. And with Hardwick coming in, hopefully we do see some role changes. And in particular, there's something that I'll be looking out for is who's got that key distributing role out of defence, given that the Tigers in the past under his regime, you know, the likes of Basher Hooley, Jaden Shaw in particular, have been so incredibly fantasy relevant and. As a little bit of a sneak preview, that's the guy I'll be talking about later in my 2024 watch list that's already locked away should he prove himself in the preseason. So, keep an eye on that later on. Bit of a teaser there, Lou. Yeah, Harmy, you got your hand up there, mate. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, the the Suns have always had a really tight rotation, haven't they, with Took and um, Raoul and Anderson towards the end of the season there. So it be interesting to see if that sort of holds true because if it doesn't, not very good signs for um, people like Took, I wouldn't have thought. Maybe Anderson too. Well, Swallow was one that was in there quite a bit too. So you'd expect that Swallow is almost totally on the out. So there's some numbers to make up there, but... Uh, I think Gold Coast may be the number one watched team in the preseason for fantasy coaches, don't you? That's a resounding no. yes by everyone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, blow the cobwebs out. Love recording in November. Uh, next is injury lists. They're going to contain more info, boys. So no longer do we have Geelong with the short-term, medium-term, long-term. Uh, we're actually going to get some injury updates and uh, hopefully more information surrounding uh, returns of that. So that's got to be good news for fantasy coaches out there. Great yeah, news. The amazing news. What's the repercussion um, if they don't? <laughs> well, it's, terrible it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, good question, mate. It's a, it's a really good question. Probably nothing. And I reckon really the little. biggest one that's um, been smashing our group chat is, uh, of course, Louis, the hottest probably topic of the off-season for AFL fantasy coaches. Uh, feel for Warn Dog, probably copping it in the in the DMs in the comment section already. Um, it's only November as well. Is the new fixture heading into round one, and what's the talk of a split round? Stato, your thoughts, mate, on on this potential uh, start of the season that we're going to see. Oh, look, anything that adds a little complexity I like because um, I'm a full-on coach. So if it creates uh, some modelling I've talked, uh, heard talk about is potentially you get a, a free-for-all um, hit um, round zero 
and then full amount of trading rolling into round one. So let's see what the fixture looks like first, uh, and then we'll see what the platforms can deliver. But I actually like this challenge, um, and the more challenges there are, this is why I didn't want the buy rounds to disappear, because it gives those that really work strategy the edge. So um, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it'll be just to add another little layer for us. It'll be exciting, but I can understand people don't like change, um, but I like things that piss other people off. Yeah, I always love that perspective from you, Stato. You're always um, keen on a bit of change in the fantasy realm, which is always a good, fresh perspective. I feel like there is quite a common uh, theme to go to. what happens negative, when but. you're young and hip, Dossie. <laughs> All right, and off to you, Holmesy. Just our last bit of a hot topic. We don't want to touch too much on this because it is a bit of a sensitive issue at the moment and stuff, but um, Clayton Oliver and all the sort of stuff going on with Melbourne, Holmesy, is it just, you know, from a pure fantasy perspective, um, what are your thoughts on, on this whole situation? Oh, it's a tough one, Dossie, because uh, before all this happened, Clary Oliver was someone that I was going to look to maybe have a have a crack at to start the year with how he started last year and he still should really be in his prime and with how they've gone the last couple of years, he's left some stuff on the table in terms of a Brownlow and, and whatnot, but oh, you'd, you'd be pretty pretty brave to have a crack at him at the moment. What that looks like for a Petrarca, Viney, Gorn, midfield, I'm not too sure, but definitely track it over the preseason, still see how it all lines up. All right, let's get into the player movement and the trade period that we came here to discuss. And uh, I've gone through, this is what you're mentioning, that I've messed up the whole run sheet here. But um, look, I've just tiered the tiered the trades as best I could. So we've got about four. So we're going to hit the juicy stuff at the end if all works out and the most fantasy relevant. We just want to skim over the top. And I've got the meh tier to start with. I deem it the Met tier and I've got Adelaide, Brisbane, Carlton and Richmond here. Let's tip it off though with a great man from the Gold Coast Suns now heading to Adelaide, a favourite of the pod pod. It is Chrissy Burgess. Harmy, your thoughts on the great man heading to Adelaide? Well, priced at 20 uh, so he'll be pretty much basement price, Dossie. But his one game that he uh, contributed in 2023 didn't really uh, show us too much. But look, if he gets a regular spot, maybe he's worth a bench uh, position for us. But he's probably not the number one uh, that I was looking at from the trade period. Gold Coast Premiership player, that is Chrissy Burgess of the VFL team. <laughs> um, all right, we shall move on to the next Met tier, and that's Brisbane. Harmy. No one to talk about here in terms of Tom Duday and Brandon Ryan joining the Lions. Correct. Nothing to talk about, Dossie. Move on. Oh, sorry. Why am I getting the crap teams, by the way? I was trying to say Holmesy. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, mate. Your name. Uh, I'll pass to Holmesy for another Met here, though. Uh, Elijah Hollands here joining Carlton. Anything to see here from a fantasy perspective? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so with an impending uh, sounds like he's going to get a two-match ban to start the year which means he won't be relevant for our starting squads and I haven't looked at his price but he's going to be priced pretty awkwardly I would have thought and a pretty tough side to break into so not one we'll be looking at in our starting squad anyway. Yeah, of course, we are talking AFL Fantasy Classic. If you are a fresh uh, fresh listener, of course, um, not the draft formats for this podcast. So, Richmond getting Jacob Kaczynski. Let's move on. Key forward. Uh, we don't really want to see him in our AFL Fantasy Classic sides, right, Lou? Nah, nah. Career best season of 49. That's exactly what he's priced at. 
All right, my next tier is some potential but likely meh. Um, a guy that I really like in my draft team, Lockie Schultz, joining the Pies, the reigning premiers coming from Fremantle. Stato, is there anything that we can look at here considering he's joining a, a team with a bit more gusto in that f- uh, forward line entries? Yeah, he's actually priced at uh, 79, would you believe? So you're really not going to be interested in that. Um, look, he's a great draft player, but he's not a bargain. He's not going to make you cash. Uh, he's just a meh for classic. All right, let's throw it over to Louis for this West Coast um, team. Tyler Brockman coming across. He was one of a, a favourite rookie option a couple of years ago. I think we can safely rule him out, but I'll get your opinion, Lou. But also, Matt Flynn coming across, probably looking like the only kind of pure, actual, genuine Ruckman at the Eagles, seeing as they did play Bailey Williams. He was pretty solid last year, um, came out of kind of nowhere to to really shoulder the ruck load. But with Matt Flynn there, bigger body, you think he can kind of take over? And, and it, does he have some relevance for us coming over from GWS to West Coast? Look, I think there is some relevance there, Dossie. I'm not sure how much of that is classic relevance. They've clearly brought him over to the club because they see him uh, as potentially a number one ruck. And uh, since the retirement of Nick Nat, uh, their depth, uh, probably not as good as what it has been in previous years with some decent number two ruckmen behind him. But I think they have brought him over to play as the number one ruck. But I think the issue here is that Bailey Williams played so well in 2023 that I think he'll be playing alongside him too. So that might result in a bit of forward time. And when you're priced at 72 uh, you're really looking at the upside there. I'm just not sure how much he's got in him. Uh, do, do you have any thoughts on him there, Harmy? Yeah, I was just going to say, Lou, it's kind of like Schultz and Flynn's the same issue. They're just coming off their career best years, so they're priced it as good as they've ever gone. So it's hard to see the upside and the value in those guys. All right, well, it looks like the next team we might have to throw back to Louis at some point because he's written about three paragraphs about one of these blokes. So, uh, Western Bulldogs, Holmesy acquiring Nick Caulfield and James Harms. Um, Look, do you want to speak about either of these guys for AFL Fantasy Classic in 2024? Yeah, well, they're both going to come in uh, discounted off what they have done in the past. Caulfield especially priced at around about that 43 mark. We just know that he hasn't been able to get on the park since he did his ACL, I believe, uh, back in 2020 or 2021, which, yeah, it's always hard to pick these players. But I think a, f- a fresh start at the Bulldogs, maybe they have a bit of a need back there if they keep experimenting with Caleb Daniel and, and moving Bailey Dale up and down a little bit as well. So if he can get a game, he's definitely going to be someone that we look at considering he's underpriced. Harms, he's interesting. Uh, we would think from the outside looking in that he's a bit of a VFL slash role player, but they've given him three years. So they must have a role for him, whether it's a a defensive mid or that high half forward. Priced at around that 60 mark, there'll be a little bit of growth there, but I'm not sure. Stato, you've got your hand up, mate. What do you want to add here? Yeah, just Harmsy, just so unlucky. If he played one more game to register the 10th game, all of a sudden we would have him at massive value. But Played the nine, so therefore it's the average for the last two years, which is a much higher average, and then only a 3% discount. So I think that rules Harmsy out. 
They're either of them best 22, though. This is the thing with a lot of these guys. Can you see them locked in the 22 of the Bulldogs? I can't. Like, Caulfield, the Bulldogs have got a really good back line, and Harms, geez, they've got a lot of midfielders too, so who's he going to push out? Bailey Smith, Lockie Hunter? Like, he's got to get ahead of them to get a game, and they've got one of the best defensive mids in the game being Libba. So I'm not quite sure where they fit. I, I, in some ways, I agree with you, Harmy, but it does always feel like the dogs have a pretty poor sort of last three in that 22. You know, we're always dealing with like your Anthony Scotts, your Lockie McNeils, uh, even a Ryan Gardner. He's come on a bit, but, he's, you know, he's not shooting the lights out. I would have thought, uh, speaking of Ryan Gardner, maybe Nick Caulfield is someone who could take over that role. So, you know, just... Diving into some of these numbers here, he played VFL for four games last year at the uh, the end of the year. Uh, came back to an 84 average, uh, so he hit the ground running. Averaged six marks from those games. And when I look at the Dogs' defensive makeup, uh, 13 players at the Bulldogs averaged more than four marks, and and nine of them were defenders, including Ryan Gardner, who was at 3.73, just outside of that. So. Um, if he can recapture what he was drafted for at pick eight, Nick Caulfield at 350k, uh, I'm predicting this to be a total smash play. Just while we're on the Bulldogs, boys, just uh, it was this time last year. Boys, Harmy, uh, Stato, can we just put our hats out for Louis and, and Toby McLean being delisted? <laughs> no, it's been a rough, rough couple of weeks, Louis, but, you know, stay strong. Mate. Arms in, McLean out. I was upset about that. I, I like Toby McLean as a player, but uh, yeah, not to be. Maybe a mid-season draft target. Yes, Fingers crossed. Shame. Um, okay. Well, seems like Louis would probably prefer if that uh, if the dogs maybe moved into the some relevance tier, which is coming up now. And uh, look, we got to go to Harmy for this one because the Dons making some moves in the off season, acquiring Xavier Dersma, Jade Gresham, Todd Goldstein, and Ben Mackay. Uh, look, where are you going to start here, Harmy? And for classic, um, I think there's a lot of draft relevance here, but for classic, is there, is there any intrigue for the Bombers? Well, how many hours have I got, Dossie? How long are we running <laughs> for tonight? <laughs> no, look, seriously, the Bombers, um, I actually think they did quite well with the free agency stuff. Um, I think Goldstein may actually play a bit early on with uh, Draper having uh, surgery in off-season, but he's still priced at 73, so it's not as if he's a bargain. Jay Gresham priced at 74. Jeez, he's still going to be playing that um, forward mid-roll. Xavier Dersma priced at 66. He's, he's um, maybe worth a look, but, I mean, he's career best for 78 and I think it was in his first season so there's not that much upside there and then Ben McKay's a lockdown defender and he had scores of 16 and 19 last year without an injury so look from a fantasy perspective I'm not sure there's too much to write home about with this Does any, anyone else want to jump in here or is are we so, we're happy with that? Holmesy, you, you've got something to say? Yeah, I don't think there's going to be too much classic relevance, but I suppose we really do still need to keep an eye on Jade Gresham. He's never he's never set the world on fire. He did have this one year, was it last year, where he averaged mid-80s? Um, and we know well, we're speculating that we're not going to have many forward options this year. We're losing probably the top 10 or close to it, which means that maybe we are looking for some top six forwards that are around that sort of 90 to 95 mark. So, not saying to pick him, but we probably do need to monitor him in the preseason and see exactly what his role is in a fresh start at the Bombers. 
We did see a similar player a couple of years ago, Devin Smith. Uh, he probably had a few more fantasy chops at that stage, but came over from GWS and played that high half forward rotating through the midfield role and, and really brought the pressure. He's absolute tackle machine. I think he went on to average... Uh, gee, it would have been close to 110 that year. So I'm not projecting that from Jade Gresham, certainly, but uh, it's under a new coach as well, of course. But uh, maybe, yeah, potentially we could see a bit of a, a revitalization of Jade Gresham's fantasy career. That'd be nice to see. As you know, I'm a big fan of the great man, one of the origins of observable thirst. But just looking at some numbers as well in the past couple of years, um, when he did average 84, it was in 2022, he was getting 59% center bounce attendances. Like, do we think he's got that role at the Bombers? I, I don't know if there's, is there room for him with all the mids in there? I, I wouldn't, I don't know. I wouldn't think so. Let's move on though to the next team in the some relevance tier. And we've got Hawthorne. Stato, do you agree with some relevance? I'm looking at some names here and I'm thinking maybe not now. Maybe they should have been in a previous tier, but Jack Ginevan. Jack Gunston, bit of a fossil coming across there. M- Mabior Chol and Massimo D'Ambrosio, who I quite like in draft. But um, any thoughts there, Stato, for Fantasy Classic for Hawthorne? Um, mindful that I'd like to spend some time with players that are actually relevant. Uh, Jack Ginnivan, uh, not relevant. Jack Gunston, not relevant. Uh, Mabio, not relevant. Uh D'Ambrosio priced at 45. I've got a little bit of interest here. If he's plugged down a role, I think Hawthorne are still on the way up. So in other words, their defensive line will have a fair bit of the ball. Um, I think he's actually tunned up for us uh, in one or two of his games or at least gone very close to. So he's actually showed a ceiling. So at 45, I actually might be a little bit interested in that one. Yeah, quite quite like him compared to maybe like a Brisbane. What was the option last year for Brisbane, the Irishman? Um, kind of similar McKenna. sort of. I reckon they play a similar sort of game in terms of just grab the ball, run, bounce, kick kind of thing. So Massimo potentially one to watch, but they do have quite a significant amount of halfback stocks. Maybe not what he does mm-hmm. though. Um, on the Melbourne front in the some relevance tier, we've got Shane McAdam, Tom Fullerton and Jack Billings, who is probably the only one there that I'd be you know, potentially looking at here. But, uh, Louie, let's talk through some of these Melbourne options and probably in particular Jack Billings. Yeah, so Shane McAdam, I uh, wouldn't expect any relevance there at 55. Tom Fullerton, uh, I think there's, he's probably the most relevant out of these three, uh, mm. despite not being the best player. I just think uh, a basement price, Max. mature age, tall forward ruck. Uh, potentially might be a downgrade option for us uh, during the year. I don't expect him to play round one, but uh, I, I could just see Tom Fullerton uh, coming into that side uh, eventually. Uh, Jack Billings, though, is a super interesting one. Uh, average 93 across 2017 to 2020. He's now priced at 59 as a mid only. Ooh. He's only played 11 games in the previous two seasons, averaging 75 and 61, uh, respectively. So there's a little bit of upside there. Uh, we know that he's got some fantasy chops about him, and when he's on, he's on. Uh, it's unfortunate that he's not a forward, in which case he would probably be a lot more relevant to us. Uh, but that being said, it, it's only five rounds until until he could become that. My main concern here is what the, what's the role? Uh, is, is it a high half forward rotating through the midfield or is he just in there to uh, pretty much play that permanent high half forward role and connect the midfield to the to the forward line, which has been Melbourne's issue for a number of seasons now? 
I'm pretty excited here, and depending on what their draw is like. So if they've got a soft draw, um, I, I see him as a high half forward. I see him as a high scorer. At that price line, I might take a punt on him to roll in through to become uh, a top six forward. So have that already banked in the book, making some cash in the midfield so you're not paying any form of premium when he flow, flows over and be a forward. But they'll need to have a pretty good draw and need to see his fitness and form are right. Uh, and I think the last two are actually relevant for other people. So I think Billings helps Petraka play more midfield and I think Fullerton actually helps Max become one of the top two three ruckmen again set forget baby do we have do we have any concern is there any concern that Ed Langdon's sort of only ever gone 75 in that team playing I guess off the wing it's a slightly different role but it's it's not uh, it's not massive ceilings there is it oh no but they are completely different players um and I, I think Billings has just got that 90 average written all over him. He's a top six forward for us. I suppose, I suppose you're right. The difference is Billings can come into that contest, can't he? Whereas Ed Langdon's always going to be on that outside. The outside, correct. All right, getting into fantasy relevant tier here. Kicking off with North Melbourne. Let's look at some of their acquisitions. And Holmesy, I want your thoughts here. Zach Fisher, Dylan Stevens, and... Oh, boy. Uh, Bigao Nguyen arriving at North. Hopefully, that's that's probably completely butchered. Sorry, boys. But uh, Holmesy Big was, was definitely not uh, listening to too much trade radio this off-season. Continental Tires trade radio. So, apologies for the pronunciation there. But uh, Holmesy, North Melbourne, mate. Thoughts on the acquisitions for our fantasy teams? Yeah, you would think at least for... Um Stevens and Fisher, you would think they've been recruited for on a bit of a needs basis. Uh, they, they should both be best 22 straight away and, and come in and play a role. You'd think they're both going to be better than what they're priced at, that's for sure. But how much growth there is, I'm not too sure. I think a lot of it for Fisher is going to depend on what happens with Harry Sheasel. If Harry Sheasel moves more into the midfield slash onto a forward role, um, it's going to open up a big ball winner back there for, for some easy pill. But if, if Sheasel stays back there, we saw the emergence of Bailey Scott. Yeah, I, d- I can't see him averaging enough to really be value for us. I know um, Louis has some other thoughts and a few of you boys have been talking about how keen you are, but I don't really see it at the moment. I know he's had some good VFL stats. And yeah, Dylan Stevens, we he's always had potential. He's just never really put it together. How much ball there'll be out there on the wing for North Melbourne, I'm not too sure. But one to watch in the preseason for sure to see how those roles line up at North Melbourne. Yeah, I think I think I'm one that probably is definitely keen to look at both um, in the preseason. Anyone else want to talk about um, North Melbourne options? Nah, Stato not keen. Stato yeah, shaking I've had um, I've had Biggie in my team last year. He's a veteran of the Hurdy's Heroes. <laughs> Brought him in late in the season as a red dot loop. <laughs> I got to say, I was a little bit surprised that Dylan Stevens averaged 110 in the VFL last season. Yeah. So there's certainly a capacity to score there. Uh, I'm just not sure what the role is going to be. And when you put Zach Fisher next to him, who I would assume is going to be more across that half-back line, I just don't see the wing being too fruitful for Dylan Stevens. I'd prefer him a little bit further behind the ball. I was a massive fan of um, Dylan Stevens in his draft year, and I reckon his early his early start at Sydney was 
was very promising but just hasn't delivered since. All right, let's move on to the next team. I think definitely one to watch. Both of those guys, Zach Fisher and Dylan Stevens, one to watch in the preseason though. Port Adelaide, they've made some acquisitions and particularly their ruck stock is pretty exciting given the departure and re- recent retirement or potentially not retirement as we've uh, seen maybe um, giving teams a chance to re-pick him up if, if the right offer emerges. But Scott Lysette making his way out of Port Adelaide, making their way in to potentially replace him there. Ivan Soldo, Jordan Sweet, Sava Radigalia. And Brandon Zerk, Thatcher, a.k.a. BZT. Now, um, let's throw over to you, Stato, for this one. Port Adelaide, any interest? Look, the Rucks, obviously, where the interest is, and um, Soldo will get that forward status as well. The the problem being, I probably see both of them playing um, at this stage, but we'll have to see how that sort of pans out. Uh, if Jordan Sweet was the one that got the number one gig, uh, I'd be pretty excited. Um, I think it's an opportunity that you actually go in with a, a, a cheap R2, um, but I think that unlikely. And Soldo's pricing at 73 is just a bit awkward. Uh, we'll have to see if he's if he's one out, Ruckman, um, and 73 and in the forward line, he might be worth a punt, but with both of them there? Are they going to give them both a shot early? And it's a it's a match-up case. So, interested in what the others think. I really like the Soldo pick. I was talking to Louis about it today. The, the caveat being that he nailed it is that we need to see if he's playing with Sweet, then obviously we don't do it. But speaking to Louis, who's the port man, he kind of laid it out that they're already pretty tall as it is, especially with um, a few of these other boys coming in. So I can't really see them playing that dual ruck setup. And if it's if it's Soldo one out with maybe a, a Dixon or a Marshall or someone chopping out in the ruck, then I reckon there's massive value here as a forward. We don't he, we'd only really need to get him close to ninety, and he's going to be pushing those top six numbers. And we've seen what solo rucks can do. So I really like that. But as always, we need to see in the preseason and and have a look to see who's going to be that preferred option. Been a bit of a points per minute. Um beast old Ivan Soldo just never quite got the opportunity obviously the body probably doesn't allow him to play those big minute loads so that's probably something to watch as well whether he can shoulder the, the ruck load for an extended period of time but yeah you're the port man Lou um, thoughts here mate yeah well I, I'm not sure I see them playing together I was like Holmes you said I was speaking to him today and you know you've got Asava, BZT, Mackenzie, Burton, Marshall, Dixon, Lord who are all going to fit into that 22 so uh, they're all quite tall and uh, there's plenty of slow players around that too that aren't quite as tall as well. So I think Sweet uh, will be playing in the twos and that's evidenced by delisting Bryn Tico and Sam Hayes, I think. So they're going to want a strong ruck competitor in the twos to sort of help develop their young mids, I think. So um, that's the way I see it playing out and I think Soldo will get that number one role. And if he does, I agree with Holmesy there. If he can go at 90 and we do have a lack of forwards to begin this season, then all of a sudden, Ivan Soldo skyrockets into relevance, I think. All right, boys, we're moving into a new tier. <clears throat> Not discussed prior to the show, but we're moving into the GOAT tier of the pod. St. Kilda acquiring right, swans. Paddy Let's go. Okay. Dow. Uh, Taylor Adams. Paddy Dow <laughs> acquired by the Saints. 
heading across from Carlton. The absolute beast that he is. I'll take care of this one, boys. You just lock him away. Priced at a measly 57. And he's an absolute beast in the VFL. Was dominating there. Seemed to dominate in the Carlton side despite many mouths to feed in low time on ground. His points per minute was up this season for the first time at AFL level that we've seen Paddy Dossy Dow. sound gone off. He matured. He matured into an <laughs> AFL footballer. Just hoping? An AFL god and an <laughs> AFL goat. And uh, Paddy Dow is an absolute lock for season 2024, Holmesy. Will you agree, correct? Dossie, have you actually thought about what's going to happen if he flops? All of these <laughs> years it's been Bolton out, Voss out. All these coaches are dogging my boy. He just needs an opportunity. What are you going to do if he flops? It's not going to happen. That's the. That's just the the plain, cold hard facts. It's happening is the the big breakout we've always been waiting for. But look to assess it in some more detail. Who wants to come in? Obviously, sorry, Liam Henry as well. We have to we have to mention came to the Saints as well here. But um, <laughs> look, Louis, I see you've done some research here and you've you've looked at some of the CBA splits for the Saints. Can Paddy Dow realistically crack into this Saints midfield? I still think he can. But what are the numbers behind it that you can see? Yeah, Dossie, I'll tell you this with white knuckles, mate, because it, it really sucks to say this, but uh, look, uh, similarly, averages 110 uh, in the VFL from 10 games, so we did find there, uh, finally got some opportunity, which is why um, he only played 10 games, but I'll, I'll look at the St. Kilda CBA splits, and really, it's uh, it's pretty grim. So, you got Jack Steele at 76%, fair enough, Brad Kraut 75%, fair enough, it drops off to Seb Ross, 53%, who uh, didn't play every game this season, of course. Zach Jones, 40%, didn't play uh, hardly any of the season. Hunter Clark, 31%, played very little, injury affected, of course. Uh, and then Jade Gresham at 29%, who has uh, left the football club. So, in terms of opportunity, Paddy Dow has got it all. It's so, uh, touching on what Holmesy said before, you wouldn't want him to flop because- <laughs> As I can see it, he slides into M3 here at the Saints. And if he is the greatest clearance player of all time, as you've yes, uh, tried to convince me over the last couple of weeks, Correct. mate, uh, then then he really should swim and not sink here. Hey, Louis, in your research, did you find it? Is Zach Jones still on the list? Like, he still stayed on there, didn't he? Yep, yep, he's still on the list. Priced at 49, I believe. I know, yeah, I'm aware wow. of it. Uh, <laughs> That's low. I don't know if you could touch it, but it's one to watch, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah. 49. So, that's a bloke that can pop you a 130. It's just the body. Form. If he's flying pre-season, I'd be, I'd be all about that too. Just all, ab- all aboard the Saints train, my new favourite team, Paddy Dowson. <laughs> um, Stato, can I just get your thoughts uh, before you sort of shoot me down here, but let's get your thoughts on Liam Henry instead so I can move right past your opinion on Paddy Dow. Uh, I think Liam Henry is just priced too high at 77. Um, I think he's going to play a lot of footy there. Uh, I think it would be good for them. Um, Paddy Dow is different from Steele and Crouch. So that's the big gain he's got there. But one thing, we sort of missed um, uh, Wanganeem Miller of what happens with his role and whether he pushes through the midfield because he looks brilliant. And, of course, Jack Sinclair as well. So I think those two need to sort of be in the mix. But there's an opportunity here for Paddy Dowell if he impresses in the off-season and 
cements that starting midfield role. Um, he could do what Doss wants. He could. So, Sink- Sinclair, he was at that 27%, so he just missed out on my list. But it's, do we, do we think that... Do we, do we see Steel Crouch Dow? Like, are they going to hit a target in that midfield if that's the case? <laughs> wow. Wow. Did that's you rough. just see the the response from from your boy Dossie then, mate? You've just triggered him. He's probably not going to speak for the rest of the day. Do you want me to go actually, to the You can actually see the now? point where his Dossie. heart breaks. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. That's it's, where you might the, see. It's the Wiggum. Wiggum. Vision, we might see Sinclair jump up here because, let's be honest, I'm not sure they've got the cattle to, to really um, put the ball in forward uh, with enough disposal efficiency to kick a winning score here. Well, the other one is Hunter Clark, but it not this all body. It's fitness and body, if fitness that works and body, out. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll give, I'll look, give him a pass. See what he does next year, Hunter Clark. Yeah. And uh, I think they can probably move past Ross... Uh, I, th- I think they're probably at that stage because they've got two other midfields that are pretty similar to. And that's why they got Zach Jones, wasn't it? Was that sort of pace and break the lines, et cetera. But his body just hasn't stood up for it. Gresham is free. So, look, Paddy Dow's got an opportunity here. If he does all the right things in pre-season, he, he might have a crack. All right, let's move on to... Arguably, and I don't, real goat. I don't think there's really an yeah, argue, uh, debate here that Sydney has to be up there with the most top-tier relevance for our fantasy teams in the off-season given their moves. So, let's just go through. Obviously, Brody Grundy making his way to the Swans. Taylor Adams as well coming across from the Pies. Grundy, of course, from Melbourne. James Jordan as well coming over to Sydney. And Joel Hamling as well. But um, I think also important to say here is the injury news. That's probably something we didn't touch on off the top, um, which did happen in between, was the injury to Callum Mills on um, Mad Monday um, with his significant injury. I think it was a shoulder that he did and, and was is going to be out for, I think it's like eight months or something, right, Louis? I'm pretty sure they've said he should be okay for round one. But I think really? there's a little bit of... I think there's a little bit of, uh, you know, I don't think they're heaps keen to say what this injury really sort of entails, but um, they're kind of hinting at round one, but I wouldn't be surprised if you're right and that does blow out to a sort of post-buy. Yeah, the last, I mean, this is like the ABC a while ago, there was an article just saying that he's battling undergone surgery and may miss a large chunk of the 2024 um, AFL season, but that was that was quite a while ago. That report, so yeah, they, they, they've changed the rules now. So the the injuries they have to report them correctly. That was one of those lies back before <laughs> they changed it. Right. You said I didn't listen to much Continental Trade Radio Dossie, but I did listen to a little bit, and they had Jack Zebel on there, and uh, he said that he had a very similar injury to uh, as Mills did uh, a while ago, and he was pretty confident that he'd be back very early on in the season. So. Wouldn't surprise me if he suits up. All right. Well, given that fact, let's just presume that he's going to be healthy then, given the the new additions of Taylor Adams and uh, James Jordan potentially slotting into the midfield. Let's get your thoughts. So, let's start with Stato on this one and then go over to Harmy for a couple of the players as well, I reckon, because uh, we haven't heard your thoughts in a while. Stato, take it away, mate. What have we got to look forward to at the Swans in 2024? Well, it depends on the finalisation of positions, but there is the chance that Sydney has uh, F1 and F2 here um, with Taylor Adams, who will be predominantly a, a CBA um, midfielder, and it's their sort of 
Achilles heel at the moment, so they need to fix it. So uh, they want uh, his key role in there, and it's why he wanted to go there too. So he saw the opportunity, extends his career, gets a role he wants to play. So um, he will get that. I, I think Robottom's probably the unlucky one. I think Warner is the the break the lines, um, and your grunt will come from Parker and and Adams. There is the chance that Parker spends a little bit more time in that forward line. Uh, Grundy, if he's a forward, he's just the number one ruckman. Um, they'll have a pinch hitter, one of the forwards, uh, play the role as uh, um, his relief. But basically, he's back to number one. We've seen he's averaged 120 over um, quite a few years. Uh, I would think he's probably um, at that smaller ground, could have a higher impact, but, you know, let's let's expect that it's probably more than 1.5 to 1.10 mark. Uh, James Jordan will take a wing spot. Um, thought he might be coming in and out, but as soon as Adam sort of come on that list, he'll go back to where his junior days, his strength was uh, the use of the footy. Uh, so I think they've got their two wing, wingmen teed up in Goulden and Jordan. Uh, and Hamley um, basically uh, can sit on your bench in defence. So they've probably got uh, three out of the four players that are worthwhile in your fantasy teams and Jordan probably worthwhile in your um, in your draft leagues. All right, let's get some thoughts from you, Harmy, as well. And... Just your thoughts if Grundy is actually just a pure ruck as well, given, you know, we haven't got positions yet, but if he is just a pure ruck, Stato's saying he could go 100 to 110, I believe, was the number you just uh, laid out. But, Harmy, are you keen on starting a Grundy as well? And what your thoughts on the other guys? Absolutely. Look, I might be a bit biased uh, with Grundy because I've seen him play at his best and he was actually the only Collingwood player I used to like. But his price is 75 and I think he's he, he could very well be 100 and he's good value there. So if it's a ruck or forward, I think he's probably going to be in a lot of people's starting teams. Taylor Adams, kind of the same. I, I looked at that trade and I thought, geez, what a good idea he has done. He's, he has identified a team that he thinks um, are lacking an inside mid. He said, I'm willing to come if you play me inside, which is going to be a good scoring position. And they, they jumped at it too. So I just see him being close to 100 um, himself. He could, uh, he could, uh, yeah, he could be over 100 really, uh, even though he's 31, I think, from memory. Yeah, that's, but, that's the big um, problem. I reckon Tom, he no, might be one of these time on ground guys that just plays super low tog and, and gets heaps of, you doesn't know, matter. Impact. Doesn't matter, mate. Look at the score. I mean, yeah, he had a I know he's crap roll this yeah. year and he still hit four tons and like a 120 something. Yeah, he's, he, he's just got a fantasy game. He, In he that could system be too. a very good pick. In the pot, well, it, was, it was 2014, the last time that he averaged less than what he did in 2023. So, there's it, it, obvious upside there. It's just ages against him, but I, I can't agree more with um, with Harmy or uh, Stato there, that's for sure. Yeah, might be able to pick him round five when he's back from his uh, calf and hamstring um, injuries. Hey, boys, in just on this, um, this, this Grundy forward status, I'm not sure it does happen. Like, nah. He played quite a bit of ruck. In fact, he averaged 50% for the season in the ones. And I understand this argument that, yeah, okay, he played forward in the VFL for a bit. He's still chopped out. And then you look at his time on ground, he's sort of averaging just a tick over 70. Yeah. So, I, I just cannot see that forward status happening. So I hope it does prepare for Brody Grundy to be ruck only and uh, and that's fine too. Still represents an amazing amount of value and uh, I think he will be one of the most popular players that we pick next season. 
What's he got to get, though? 35% game time. That's all he needs in the forward line, isn't it? So, jeez. I mean, he's got that. Yeah, but but if he's saying that he's had CBAs of 50% in 50% his game time average. CBA contest, And his game time yeah. average is 72. He's only had 22% in the forward line because the, the data's based on the CBAs. So the VFL would really have to weight it in one direction, but I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. But we'll see. It's not long now. It'll only be about a month till the game opens probably. Do yourself a favour, boys. When as soon as the game opens, just settle things in. right in the universe. <laughs> Brody Grundy, Max Gorn, R1 and R2, Done. drive your Hilux away, boys. It's all hey, good. That's it. Everything's all 92 right. and 75 average. It's just beautiful. When Holmesy Money sets and forgets, it's game over too. So watch out for Holmesy rising yeah. the ranks this season. So hang on, round table real quick, starting with you, Dossie. Brody Grundy averages what in 2024? 98. Holmesy? Yeah, I was going to say a flat ton. Army? Uh, over 100. 102. Yeah. 105 to 110 is the line. Yeah, I'm 110. I'm 110, okay. 115. All right. Uh, Stato, you've got your fingers up. Is, is that for how long you've got left before you need a bail? Correct. Okay, that's two Correct. minutes so, we've got from, from Stato. Yeah. Um, look, I think we'll probably have to touch on very quickly, Stato, what are the players – you know, is that we have to think more about who's departing the clubs, though. Maybe that's at a podcast for another time of the players departing and opportunity opening up on the other end. Yep. I think that's something you also need to keep an eye on, but we'll be talking about that in preseason, I'm sure, as to who can get sort of opportunity on the other end. But luckily, there wasn't any major, you know, blockbuster names kind of leaving. So it's probably not as significant this preseason. But we want to finish off the show with our 2024 early black bookers. Um, guys, we're looking out for our fantasy teams and perhaps that the other the crowd isn't really talking about yet as well. But uh, Stato, look, you kick us off because you've got like one minute left. Yeah, just highlighting exactly what you just said before, which is where the opportunities lie. So um, I'm black booking on a West Coast young midfielder. So they've had a bit of a change on their list, some seniority departing, and therefore there's going to be a, maybe two positions in that uh, midfield rotation of high rotation um, going through, and whether that's Elijah Hewitt or Jay Cully, they're the two I'm watching in the preseason, and one of those two are going to be my black book. And if it's Cully, um, we're uh, we're talking a fair bit of cash generation that'll come through that. So really keen to see what happens in the West Coast midfield. Not Jimby, not not. Uh no, his price is way too high for okay. what he done this year. I, I think he'll be part of the rotations. I've got no doubt about that. Holmesy? I was going to say, Stato, are you keen on uh, a bit of Dossie boys' action as long as he keeps defensive status, a, a Liam Duggan full-time midfielder, potential club captain? Yeah, look, I, I'm interested to see what happens there, but I, I seriously believe his best footy is on the half-back line, to be quite honest with you, and provide the, the direction they need from there. But that's just my personal point of view. But, of course, yes. But what is he now? He's He must be getting 28, 29, isn't he? Yeah, he's getting up there, 20, 27, 28, I think, off the top of my head. That, that's but. the thing, too. Duggan sort of relies on his marks. Um, I think it's one in every three possessions that he actually takes a mark, Liam Duggan. So as soon as he goes into that midfield, you kiss goodbye to that. 
Got a West Coast midfielder priced at 70, who, uh, as long as he can get his body right, it's going to be all right. Elliot Yo. Elliot. <laughs> yeah. New, uh, on, on that, new head of high performance, so they're, they're completely overhauling that system. So if he's ever going to get his body right, who knows? Defender yeah. status as well. I mean, uh, <laughs> sign me up. at about 70, isn't he? I think 70 on yeah, the dot. that's crazy. Uh, sign me up. There's just opportunity in that midfield, so I'm going to keep an eye on what's happening. I'm ready to be heard again, boys. All right. Farewell, <laughs> Stato. Thanks for coming on board once again for another show of the Pod Pod. We enjoy having you back, mate. Pleasure. All right. Let's continue with our Black Bookers, though. And Holmesy, take it away, mate. Who are you looking forward to in 2024? Yeah, I suppose mine, not necessarily a name that people aren't talking about because he was a real buzz in this preseason and we saw... His potential, he just uh, had a few niggling injuries and, and really put people off. But uh, I'm really keen to have a crack and a look at LDU. I think he could be Ooh. primed for a monstrous year um, with a bit of stability at that football club now with Clarko and, and moving forward. I've seen a bit of a, a bit of a pattern in these lower sides. I think, you know, the Adelaide of the previous few years with Laird and, and now Dawson going absolutely bananas in a lower team and... I think it's going to be all LDU, so it would not surprise me if he finally puts it together for a monstrous uh, triple-figure average. Love that from you, Holmesy. That's an amazing pick. Of course, I'm a big fan of LDU as well. Harmy, take it away, mate. Who's going to win you the Lux next year? How many times are we going around, Dossie? Just once, are we? There's only one player. Did I already go to you, did I? Just no, one. No, no, no. I was just I asking. Mention a few got, if you want, mate. I've got a list, mate. I've got oh. a list of them. <laughs> Bloody hell. I got twenty. I got thirty of them. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, look! Well, should I go first? I don't, then? Anybody... I don't want you to take my guy. Yeah, you go, mate. You go. Right, I'll go. I've just got the one. Like, I mean, you know, we don't want to ruin all the content to come, Harmy and Louis. But geez, all right, boys. Uh, look, I just had to, to finish off the teaser at the top of the show. Will Powell um, coming off that injury, but from what I've heard, he's going to be right for round one as well. So. Obviously, was just getting into the swing of things in a new role just as the number one distributor under uh, Stewie Jew towards the end of the year. And um, look, I think that he's going to be taking over that role under Damien Hardwick, which, um, as I mentioned at the top, you know, it's been a very fruitful role in defence for that Richmond system and that sort of slingshot style footy, having that guy out of defence. They really don't have that many users unless they decide to swing someone like Lacocious back. They didn't really pick anyone up to fill that void. And Will Power, all the kick-ins in the world, all the use off the half-back in the world. I, th- I really think he's going to be one of the best defenders in the game in 2024, and is looking like one of my um, one of my first picked in my team in the new look Suns outfit. Harmy. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I'll give you a few though, <laughs> Dossie boy. I'll give you the obvious one. The guy that's going to be tapping it down LDU's throat, Tristan Cherry. I mean, I'm sure everybody is eyeing him off priced at 64, I believe. So, geez, he should go above and beyond that. But I'll give you a couple of um, uh, more smoky picks that I'm going to be having a look at in the uh, preseason. Jai Clark from Geelong. Played one game, 36 he, he um, got. But Geelong needs some young players going through that midfield. And I think he was pick seven. Like he was he was that um, that free pick they got when they uh, nicked uh, Jack Bowe. So Ooh, I think that nice. he'll be one I'm looking at. And the other one is coming off injury, Zach Williams um, at Carlton Priced, uh, just under 49. So there's a few that I guess I'm looking at, uh, Dossie. Be interesting. Hopefully, Lou, I don't think any of those were on your list. So we'll see how you go, mate. 
Yeah, so I've got um, Finn McRae as my main one uh, just because hasn't got an opportunity for a number of years now at the Pies. Adams departs and uh, Collingwood were pretty strong about using him through the midfield and starting to to develop some of their youth and uh, they were certainly pretty strong on not wanting to lose them. So I think we'll see Finn McRae uh, not debut, but sort of make his, you know, I guess, um, f- first full season of AFL football uh, in 2024. I think he'll be an awesome cash cow for us. He'll be priced uh, at a premium rate, probably about 280k, uh, maybe a little bit more. But I think he's going to be worth paying up for. Obviously, 22 now. I think Dossie. Yeah, just on that. He's your boy, yeah. I believe. <laughs> nah, big fan. I think to your point, and um. I think it was he won like the coach's award or something like that to your point um, about them being kind of talking about him having a role going forward. Um, I think Fly, McRae, Craig McRae, the coach, I think he was quite high on saying, you know, you've been patient, you've done all the right things and, and he got that sort of recognition at the Pies, but, you know, um, awards that they had this year and it's kind of like your time will come. And um, I think that sort of messaging, like you say, is pretty strong considering what we've heard from Pies players about how, you know, McRae's very much a man of his word and sort of backs that in. I, I like that pick for, for next year. And uh, just a couple of others I'll just briefly mention. I think Kitty Coleman had an amazing final series and I think because of that, the attention maybe possibly does come. That being said, he's priced at the same price as Elliot Yo at 70 and uh, with Daniel Rich retiring there and maybe Brisbane having a little bit more confidence in Kitty to uh, distribute the ball, obviously a big game player now. I think that 70 might look more like an 85-90 next season potentially. And the final one, which will put a filthy taste in people's mouth, I think, uh, is Ollie Wines. I just think that uh, his fantasy career is not over. It's not the port man in me. In fact, uh, I'm actually the opposite with port players. I hate most of them. Uh, but I think that this guy's better than what he's priced at, which is 76. If he gets opportunity through the midfield, which he did last year, but he was coming off a massively interrupted preseason. I think he'll be better for it. And uh, I'm expecting at least a 90 average from Ollie Wines, which is only 14 points improvement across a whole season. But I think he can start hot and he's the sort of guy that I want in my team early. Beautiful, mate. Love those black boogies. Look, do we have? are we going to go through these quick quick Twitter requests or X requests? All right, let's just do it quickly. Um, free kick Liam here, a great man on the AFLW uh, free kick podcast. The Hawthorne midfield, Holmesy, your thoughts on the Hawks midfield going into next year? Well, it's going to be a bit same, same, isn't it? I think they're pretty pretty set in who they're developing. Uh, you'd think Will Day, Jai Newcomb, uh, and then Warp will play that role. How much improvement you've got in them, I'm not too sure any of them are going to be real classic relevant, but, I mean, Will Day's got all the potential in the world. Um, and, it, you know, he's only going to get better after a full year in the midfield, so it wouldn't surprise me if he can push that average a little bit higher. Uh, but the attention will probably come to him as well because he's a pretty classy player. Josh Ward and Cam McKenzie might be worth a look um, potentially, but, yeah, the others are probably just about what they are. I, I like Josh Ward. Yeah. What about Dylan Moore? Yeah, I know. Is Dylan Moore ever going to get out? Because he's going to have yeah. that forward status. He, d- uh, he didn't get in last year. I feel year, like he can start hot when the ball's flying around early on in the season. I think he started at 120 last season. Uh, maybe. Maybe he could be the guy. If he went through there, he'd average 120. 15 or something stupid, but I don't think they'll put him through there. I think he's too important for them forward, but who knows? Um, that'll C-Mac? be my watch. 
I, I love Josh Ward. I just don't know if, yeah, like, I think the person you'd have to push out is like, who would it be? Some, it pr- it'd probably have to be Warpool. And they seem to really like yeah. him back in there last year. So, yeah, unless he just sticks on the wing for the foreseeable future, uh, Josh Ward. All right, let's get I feel, I feel like they had a few strange ones in there. Maybe is a Nash going to be in there long term? I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, all right, this is very too, too early to really put this in with any definitive answers. But Aztec wants to know your must-pick premiums for next year, Harmy. Who have you got Who have you got on that massive list of yours? The premium players, you know, high-priced players here. Probably none. I tell you, there's one. The one that I was thinking about was Clayton Oliver. Like, if he can actually uh, put in a thumping preseason to try and prove people wrong, then there's a chance he could be a good one. I'm not really one to start these players either, Harmy. But uh, Tom Green has every uh, part of his game <laughs> to be the number one averaging player at some point. Jeez, Louis doing some absolute. This I knew he was going to say it because I, I won't leave Holmesy alone with how keen I am on Tom Green next season. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, Tom Green as well. Goulden. Um, for, I, I don't know. I, I think he'll cop the attention. Nah. I know. I, I nah. just – I might still go He's there, He's on the boys. wing, mate. He's not. I might still just go there. I love him. I love him too much. I'll, I'll, I'll throw in one, um, which I think we can all agree with. Um, Tim English in a contract year. Mm. Obviously, comes in priced highly, but that was what the question asked. Do we see Tim English going less than 110? Well, it's going to be tough oh, when you're starting yeah. Gorn and Grundy, That's- isn't it, uh, Holmesy? It's tough. Less than 110, don't even, but he's, don't he's, even priced worry about it, at, boy. he's priced at 119. So, <laughs> he's going to be losing money. Um, I'd, the highest priced he, player in the game, I just wouldn't worry about it. He, he might lose money, but he, your captain option is pretty important early on too. If he goes at 125 across the first three weeks, the the magic number just about evens out for him. Naturally, can I say- When he say, comes up against Goldie and gets a, gets a bath. Can I actually say, I reckon in one of my locks, uh, I'll have to see what he's priced at, but um, the way that Sam Walsh finished the year, given he started the year under an injury cloud- Lock yeah, it. He, Don't yeah. even think about it, Dossie. So, Tom Green and Sam Walsh. There you go. There's a few players. Any in the defensive line or anything? He's only 95, Dossie. He's only priced oh, at yeah, 95, no, that's a lock. Sam Walsh. That's a lock. Um, any forwards or defenders that we can ha- add in there in our very early premiums I'll, discussion? I'll, I'll put an obvious one on, on the table. It's Bailey Smith as a forward. Yeah. Priced at 83. Is that a pr- – like uh, – Pretty hard to pretty hard to pass up Nick Dacos at 108 if he's still got defensive status, yeah. whether he does or not. That's a great call, yeah. Harmy's not interested in, in Nick Dacos, but yeah, I certainly will be because <laughs> I think he'll only get more midfield time next year and just keep racking them up. Um, all right, let's move on. How about some underpriced must-haves? Jeez, all right. <laughs> I'm not going to read that name though. That's uh, pretty- We've already gone through heaps of them. Yeah, Dossie, I think, like, yeah, throughout I think the we've gone through we've enough. We can't ruin all the... Uh, all the content in the off-season. Yeah, save some content for the next few weeks. All right, that'll do. We'll wrap it up there. I think we're, we've are we dusted off a few of the Cobwebs boys. We've uh, made our return. We even had the Mighty Statesman join us as well on this return little reunion pod pod in the off-season. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And we just want to also announce um, we are looking for some new sponsors heading into the next season of the podcast as well. And just assess where we're at. Holmesy, what are you trying to interrupt me for here, mate, in this spiel? Are you sure we're not uh, Pod Pod brought to you by Infinite Wealth? Hint, hint, <laughs> nudge, nudge. Look, mate, uh, well, if they want to reach out, they can find us 
at podpodafl at outlook.com for your uh, business inquiries, of course, <laughs> uh, or just reach out on X. We are um, X, formerly known as Twitter. We are at podpodafl. So, um, look, we're just getting our business sorted for the potential season ahead. Still a lot to play out before we get underway, but we are open to potential sponsors heading forward. All right, lads. It's been great to, great to hear from you all. Um, we'll hopefully talk again soon. Fare thee well. Draft is November 28th, mm. mate. We'll see you then. <laughs> All right. See you, everyone. Bye.